Last week on Let's Talk Supply Chain, it was a very, very special episode. It was our 200th show, and I cannot believe I have done that many. I guess time flies when you're having fun. And in honor of the occasion, I was joined by a group of great friends, colleagues, and mentors who I've met along the course of my incredible journey so far. It was so much fun and a really special moment for me. So I do hope you enjoyed it. But remember that if you missed it, you can catch up over on letstalksupplychain.com forward slash podcast. And it was episode 200, wherever you subscribe to the show. Let's Talk Supply Chain is not your average supply chain podcast. We feature not just the top of the industry, but also diverse voices from within the community, new innovations, and the disruptors making waves in the industry. Don't listen to the same old, same old. Be sparked by new ideas and fresh perspectives only on Let's Talk Supply Chain. E2Open is an end-to-end supply chain software platform helping the largest companies in the world with the most complex supply chains in the world. They are partnering with their customers on collaboration, visibility, network connectivity, and handling disruptions. And they see that the ultimate value lies in people and meeting their needs. That's why they partner with their customers. If you are looking for an end-to-end supply chain solution, check out e2open.com. Hello and welcome back to Let's Talk Supply Chain. It's an exciting week. We have brand new live shows coming at you all across the month of June. We've got some exciting new things happening as well that I can't wait to tell you about. We are always working on new products and new things that we can help content and ways that we can make an impact on the industry. And I cannot wait to share that with you. So today I'm joined by Canada's first PPE waste recycler, which is diverting tons of medical waste from our landfills and making a huge impact environmentally and economically. So who is it? Well, I'll reveal it out after the question of the week. So the question of the week was, what methods do you use to help avoid burnout at work? Peter says, understand what is within your control and focus on that. Halia says, walk, sleep well, turn off the phone at certain times and on weekends. Rhonda, step away when I notice my brain or body feels overstressed and tap into some well-being modalities. Such an important thing to do. We've also got Bali. I maintain the same schedule of small and lunch breaks. Turn the video on while talking with any of my colleagues or managers. Set a priority list so that I don't get panicked about any issue. And finally, make a clear expectation of my work to avoid over-expectation. And Michael H. says, I make a list every day of the items I need to have done. Each check marks an accomplishment. I like that because I also mark down my accomplishments for the day. And I think that that's incredible. So we ask 
ask that question every single Wednesday morning. Well, not that particular question, but a question in general to the industry every single Wednesday morning across our social media. So please come and join us. And I'd love to feature your answer on an upcoming episode. So now back to today's podcast and which exciting new company is joining me today? Well, it's Life Cycle Revive. Life Cycle Revive is Canada's first polypropylene PPE waste recycler, diverting from landfill by reclaiming non-contaminated medical waste from Ontario's hospitals and reprocessing it into raw materials to create all kinds of new products. With a focus on healthcare, manufacturing, and retail, Lifecycle Revive is dedicated to creating real environmental and economic change and transforming Canada's sustainability programs. Today, Andy Straisfeld, VP of Business Development at Lifecycle Revive, joins me to chat all about what they do, the importance of a circular economy, and the impact of COVID on the industry's sustainability plans. But before we dive into what they do, let's learn a little bit more about Andy. Andy, with a successful 15-plus years career in medical and professional sales, the last seven years has brought a passion and drive for promoting the recycling of medical waste in Canada. Andy is a corporate matchmaker and believes in the power of partnership between sales organizations and the supply chain customers they serve. Andy regularly develops relationships within the Canadian healthcare industry, making green a key driver for purchasing decisions. Andy enjoys a good Netflix binge, but can also be found in the kitchen experimenting with his second passion, which is cooking. So welcome to the show, Andy. Sarah, thanks for having me. It's a great pleasure. I am so excited because a couple of weeks ago, you joined me on Thoughts and Coffee and I really enjoyed the chat. I mean, it gave us a fascinating glimpse into what you're doing over at Life Cycle Revive and the impact that you're having. Plus, we had so much great feedback. I mean, the amount of people that are passionate about this topic and the amount of people that are behind you in this mission is incredible. So I can't wait to dive in a little bit more and give the audience what they want. So let's do that. Let's start by getting into some background on Lifecycle Revive because am I right in saying that it's a fairly new company? So how and why was it founded? All right. Well, we are a brand new company. Uh, we got together in the beginning of COVID. I had been working with a colleague to who had won a contract to provide gowns to the Canadian government. And uh, he had sourced out um, some sewing opportunities in London, Ontario with a lovely lady uh, called Lena Bowden and her partner, Carmina de Young. Uh, they were a sustainability fashion designer. And they quickly retooled uh, to work with my my colleague, uh, Nat Halabi from Rudell Medical. And the two hit it off, and they started to uh, make gowns. And then one day, somebody asked me to come and advise, you know, uh, because I was a former medical. At that time, I was still a medical sales rep. And uh, I wasn't selling much, so there it is. So I came down, and, <laughs> and when I showed up to, to visit this facility, there were, like, my, mounds and mounds of black garbage bags loaded with, like, polypropylene reject, like, and I said, you're not throwing this in the garbage, are you? He says, oh, yes, we are. I said, okay, stop. And I picked up the phone and I called Kurt Staley over at Optima Color, who was my 
corporate partner to uh, recycle sterile wraps. And I said, listen, can you take scrap from, you know, the, the sewing of gowns? He says, yes, he can. So all four of us got together, formed the band. Uh, Lena wow. went out, solicited the money from uh, NGEN, federal government, NRC grants. And uh, in January, they, uh, they launched Lifecycle Revive, Lifecycle Health, and they asked me to leave my job and come join them. And ever since then, uh, you know, we've, we've been, uh, we've been uh, a dynamic quad quartet, if anything like that. That's awesome. And that's how the magic happens, right? I mean, you, you come across things every single day, but there's only certain moments that you stop and take a look at something and you're like, wait a second, that doesn't seem right. And so how can we build a solution around that? So let's talk about what exactly do you do? What exactly does Lifecycle Revive do? And can you give us a bit of a broad overview? All right. So Lifecycle Revive was created initially to take scrap medical waste from hospitals, like wraps and gowns and, and caps and booties and all that good stuff, and put it into a, a grinder in Brantford, Ontario, which would turn into pellets. And those pellets would be sent to London, Ontario, which would feed a fabric machine that would make brand new fabric. And the ladies in London would make gowns and stuff and sell it to the Canadian population rather than wait for, you know, uh, supply chain from Asia. But then what happened was the prime minister called out and said, there's going to be 68,000 tons of mask and, and it's an, it's an, it's an environmental disaster. We need help. So I said, why don't we just do masks too? Why don't we just do all the PP? And he said, yeah, you can. And I said, so here we went and we, we got quickly together and we said, how are we going to do this? Well, everyone seems to be selling a box these days. So let's sell a box. Let's sell it cheap. You know, let's just be able to cover labor and shipping. And we're not here to make a profit off the environment. And we all agreed that we were going to run this as a sustainability project and mm -hmm. whatever funding we'll get from the government and whatever not, we'll, you know, we'll, if we really need a Kickstarter, we'll do it, but let's just do it. And, and like I said, we got hospitals involved. We got retail chains involved. Uh, just after your conversation, <laughs> we actually have a new distributor in Quebec. He, he really wants to Yay! do this and, uh, we're so excited to, to work with them where it's not official yet, but, uh, Martin uh, was one of your um, listeners and uh, has re reached out to us and we are working on an agreement right now. So we're very co confident that's going to happen. And that, that's pretty much it. Like we're, we're taking everything that was going to go to a landfill that everyone said for generations should be thrown to the garbage. And we're saying you can recycle it now and we're going to disinfect it and then, you know, turn it into products and keep the Canadian economy going. That's awesome. I mean, that is one of the questions that I'm sure you get all the time, though, is how are you going to take a mask, right, that somebody's been breathing into all the time and turn that into a garment or a gown or, or something that somebody else can use? So it must be some sort of strong disinfectant that you're using. Well, you know, the world doesn't know the science as well as, as we should, but COVID like any other disease, will die in room temperature. And if you have a mask that's been sitting in a cardboard box or a plastic bag for a couple of days, it's it's pretty much rendered itself inert. But we don't take any gamble here. Huh. So what happens is okay. when we take it, we take it and we put it through a UV disinfecting tunnel. So it runs through a tunnel bombarded with UV and would vaporize hydrogen peroxide, which is used in hospitals for mm -hmm. sterilization of medical products. And what comes at the end is a sterile product. And it's free to touch and, and use, and, and we have no problems with it. So we take a little bit of extra steps to make sure that our staff are not in danger. 
We take mm-hmm. lots of uh, steps to make sure that the cardboard box we make and we give gives everybody maximum protection so they don't get exposed to anything. And at the end of the day, the, the product gets heated up to 400 degrees. So anything nasty is going to be dead and brand new product comes out. Amazing. Amazing. And I think you said that it turns into pallets, which is not what, what I was expecting. So what happens with those pallets or those it's pellets, right? Pellets. What happens with the pellets afterwards? So the pellets get put into a gigantic cardboard box and put onto a truck and sent to London, Ontario, where there is a, um, a three-story machine that gets fed uh, these pellets. And what happens is the pellets get melted into a liquid. The liquid gets sprayed onto a super cool table, which turns it into fabric. And then the fabric gets spun onto a, to a winder. And then you make a huge bolt of polypropylene fabric that can be used to make gowns or caps or booties or any type of textile fabric that you want. So you're taking PPE and you're turning it into um, medical uh, garments or things that people in the hospitals need to wear to be able to stay safe while they're, you know, operating on people and treating people. And I think that's amazing. Exactly. I love that. I love that. So how do you work with customers? You mentioned that you have a box and you wanted to keep it um, reasonably priced. So do you have Lifecycle Revive recycling bins on site? Um, or what, do, what specifically does a customer need to do? Or do you take, do you take care of everything for them? We take care of everything practically. So we have three streams. We have the retail public market, which has the opportunity to order a box. And they mm-hmm. can put it in their place of operation like hair salon or dental office or restaurant or whatever it is. And they keep it at their front door. Uh, we reach out to the manufacturing world because they are one of the biggest producers of waste. And say, look, we're going to give you yeah. a gigantic cardboard watermelon holder. Uh, you know, it's 40 by 40 by 40. And you're going to fill that up to the top. And then we'll come pick it up from you. And then we go with the hospital with our traditional system is we'll take your bagged We'll take your boxes. We'll take. We'll sell you boxes. We'll give you anything you need in order to um, to get that stuff out of your hospital. And those are the three areas we tackle. And for the price that's being paid, uh, it's actually a, a pittance because, first of all, both hospitals and retail save money because if you're going to let me come and pick up your your garbage, in a sense, you're not paying a waste hauler the money to get your garbage. So you're saving money right. that way. Plus. Um, Kurt is a very ch- uh, generous guy. So in the, in the hospital sense, he likes to give back an incentive. So he donates back 2% of what we collect per year. And if we figure a hospital figured that they can, you know, save, you know, a hundred thousand dollars in plastic bottles, well, 2% is, 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 is a good chunk of change for them, you know? Uh, yeah. so there we are. Absolutely. I I love that. I mean, and they are the biggest producers, right? I mean, manufacturing with the warehouse. So how how quickly does a box get filled up? So you deliver the box to them. They put the box on site. They have a new sustainability plan within their organizations to let people know that they're that that PPE is going to be collected and recycled and that they have to put it in that bin. And then you come and pick up the bin, you bring it back to your facilities, you do the recycling um, process. But how quickly does a box like that get filled up in healthcare, manufacturing, or retail? In healthcare, 
it actually fills up quite quickly because I don't know if 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 you or any of your listeners have had an opportunity to go to a hospital, but you could go to the hospital and they stop you at the at the door, and if you're wearing a mask, they're going to ask you to take your mask off and give you one of their masks. And what they yes. and and then what they do is they take that mask and they throw it in a garbage bag. So if you if you think that thousands of people will enter a hospital for vaccine or whatever it is you're going to see the box fill. So the box is 40 is 11 by 11 by 40. It can hold mm. 1500 masks. We've averaged that a box can in a popular spot like a mall or a hospital or or even a college or a school could fill up within 2 days. In wow. manufacturing it fill up in half an hour with scrap and in yeah. and in retail depending well now we're in lockdown but if let's say the malls open up and the stores open up you could see within a week those boxes fill and that's great because we can process all that relatively quickly and turn it around relatively quickly wow that's pretty crazy i mean for manufacturing to fill that in a half an hour i mean do you give them a bigger box i did <laughs> okay good <laughs> how big is that box so that's 40 by 40 by 40 and okay. I sent it to British Columbia on a Friday, and by Monday afternoon they called me. Okay, we we, we got to pick it up, and uh, and I sent them two boxes, and each box was loaded with five hundred pounds of scrap because they were making masks, and they were sending me their scrap mask material. So that was two wow. five hundred pounders coming back by truck, um, you know, over ground. It took a week to get there, but it, it took a day to set, for us to send it uh, broken down. So it was interesting. Wow. And so are you then giving them a box per day then? Because they're filling one up every day. It's scary, but yeah, that's that's the, the trend we're going with now. It seems every two days I'm sending two boxes and every week I'm getting back five. So I think, yeah, every day a wow. box gets full. And then, so how many garments can you produce out of that much waste that's coming back to you? So when the government contract was fulfilled, 5 million gowns was made from 10 million yards of fabric. So if you're taking back on, now that's in pounds, so you have to convert the pounds to yardage. But if you figure that a bolt of fabric is a thousand pounds, sorry, is is 500 pounds, but a thousand yards, you would figure that one box of waste will make 250 gowns. So that means if I'm taking a thousand pounds, I'm making 500 gowns. Wow. And so can you take gowns as well and put them through the recycling process to come out with more gowns? Yes. Interesting. So that actually makes makes really for a full circular supply chain. We call it a circular economy. That's the new catchphrase that. so, So people have taken medical waste like gowns and masks. And all they've done is they've been able to make solid goods, garbage bins, recycling bins, totes. We're the first in Canada to address the issue of making spun-bound fabric, which is the the fabric that's used to make gowns and, and the outside and the inside of masks. The filter is, is melt-blown. That's, other people make that. But the thing is, this is revolutionary because I'll give you an example. You're, you're in supply chain, and so, and so is a lot of your listeners. There's a current yeah. government contract for, for 20 million gowns. and Nine companies in Canada want it, and they, uh, none of them have started to work on it. Why? Because they're still waiting for fabric to come in from overseas. And I right. said, guys, <laughs> we've got fabric here. We've got perfectly good fabric in Canada. It's actually more cost-effective to buy it from us than waiting for it to come on the water. But old habits right. die hard, right? So what happens is we end up taking their 
used fabric. Once it's done at the hospital, we do it, we put it, and then we make it Canadian. And hopefully we'll, we'll take the lead on that in the future. Wow, that's amazing. So let's talk about COVID, right? I mean, we can't really avoid it when it comes to the conversation about PPE. And medical waste is always vast with a big impact. But like many things, COVID has really shone a light on the scale of the problem. Plus, you know, we've all been wearing masks, which we haven't really done pre-COVID. But that's also driving, you know, innovation and pushing the issue of sustainability up the priority list for many businesses. And when I was doing research for this show, um, you even have a story on your website about a fashion brand spearheading a new PPE recycling project. So what have you seen from your perspective? And is this, you know, a focus on improving how we tackle medical waste? And, and is it here to stay? I would say that for the next few years, it is going to be the new normal. Um, you know, we've never really embraced the situation that we had at hand. Um, flu season came and gone. People got sick. Nobody would wear a mask. We had SARS. We had H1N1. We had Ebola. <laughs> and nobody would wear masks. So, so now this global thing is here and it's leveling the playing field in the sense that it's it's pretty much forcing us to 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 protect ourselves now what's happened in canada is that um we drove away a lot of our our supply chain we drove a lot of our business overseas and yeah. and for the last 10 years we haven't seen hide or hair i used to work for a, a medical supply company that was based in the united states but had most of its manufacturing in north america or at least central america while my competitors had their business in in China and, 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 and in Southeast Asia. And yeah. so we had the edge of selling the product, but even having the edge, people didn't really care. Mm-hmm. Now the situation is that Canada has saw that the world is not just going to come and like us and give us stuff because we're Canadian. We got to go out there and we got to get stuff. And, and I think the government got embarrassed really early on when they went to China and came back with empty planes. You know, mm-hmm. our, our biggest problem was that at the beginning of COVID, uh, it started as a humanitarian thing. Like when I was when I was selling, I would have doctors and dentists and and architects calling me, saying, "Hey, listen, I really want to send some stuff to China. You know, my family's there." So we would, you know, we would sell stuff, you know, at normal prices, whatever it was. And then by February, March, and by the time that um, the U.S. president closed the border to Canada, and Canada wasn't getting any medical supplies, it we started to see the phenomenon of PP pirates coming to this country selling right. a, a mask that used to cost five cents now is going for 25 cents today a mask is going for almost a dollar it's like and, and it's disposable and it's bad it's a it's a poor quality mask but they're selling it and get the the situation is that we are buying it because we need to and one of yeah. the things that's good and what we've seen is that there has been this growth of the canadian pp manufacturing core that says not only are we going to make uh, stuff here we're going to support recycling. And that's what we've been very beneficial. We've had a lot of BC manufacturers jump on board and say, hey, we're going to send you our scrap. We're going to send you our rejects. And we have a lot of people here in, in South Central um, uh, Ontario, Cambridge, uh, Kitchener, London, uh, who are also signing up and saying, hey, listen, we're going to go join your recycling thing because we want to support uh, a better Canada. So we're so excited that we're part of the solution, not part of the problem. So if I'm in the audience and I'm in the U.S., how can I get behind what you guys are doing? Because you're, you're talking about what you're doing in Canada. Are you going to be doing that in the U.S.? 
And how can I participate? Because I'm sure with the boxes, you could send them to the U.S. I, I guess the trick is just getting them back. I think the, the key here is that um, when the borders open, for sure, we'll have an opportunity to, to play in that area. But right now, what actually what we're trying to do is we're trying to build strategic partnerships. I'm trying to work with companies like TerraCycle or Green Salon Group and say, look, yeah. um, I could process your stuff up here. Why don't you ship it up here? And uh, I'm not going to step on your turf. You don't step on my turf and let's just go and do it. So uh, these two companies seem to be the biggest ones right now who are embracing the idea of a third-party supplier, a third-party processor. And mm-hmm. uh, I, was, I was hoping to announce today that we would have a, an agreement. We're very close on, on having agreement with these two companies. So I think it's safe to say that as President Biden has released the, um, uh, the ability to the patents on, on vaccines so everyone can make vaccines because it's urgent, we're going we're gonna to release the, the, um, the, the patent on our process and allow anybody who wants to learn how we do it to teach them how to do it. Step behind the curtain and show you the magic. Awesome. I love that. And uh, I have, TerraCycle is a good organization. I've worked with them in the past um, because they actually collect uh, cigarette butts and recycle those, which I thought was incredible because I mean, at the end of the day, you know, we create a lot of waste with PPE, but we definitely create a lot of waste with cigarette butts and things like that as well. So I think that that's an amazing partnership. I even had, I'm pretty sure I even had the CEO on the show. Um, Tom Zasky? Yeah, I had him on the show, I think back in 2019, um, when I was at the Supply Chain Canada conference in Ottawa. So he was great. And uh, yeah, we were talking about some of that stuff. So I can't wait for that announcement and what you guys are going to do with that partnership, because I know from our last conversations on Thoughts and Coffee that a lot of our U.S. audience um, was really excited about what you're doing and wondering how they could help and how they could get a box. So hopefully we, we can get that moving soon. Yes. So we talked about circular economies. Um, because this is a cornerstone of really contemporary sustainability models, right? Um, Extending life cycles of product, keeping waste out of the landfill by repurposing and recycling. I mean, that's that's the key to the whole thing. And you're really creating a self-contained sustainable supply chain with life life cycle revive. And do you see yourself stopping here? Like, are you really just going to focus on PPE or are you going to go into other areas? I I want to target the world, but I think right now the issue is that PPE <laughs> PPE is is the is the current problem. So right now I think we're being asked to let's come to a solution for all this polypropylene, polyethylene, poly whatever. But yeah. uh, we have been given uh, a lot of headway to look at other stuff like uh, like food foam. So let's you know like the foam that okay. polystyrene, right? Like the, the stuff that you put your frozen meat on at the at the supermarket or. Or uh, yep. egg, egg cartons and stuff like that. So, and and we're finding that there's a lot more stuff that the cities are not picking up that are that are relying on people like me to come up with ideas. So mm-hmm. I think that's where we're going to head. Uh, I think I never thought in my life that I would be in love with garbage as much. You know, maybe <laughs> maybe just change my name to Oscar and I'll just, and I'll just live in a trash can. But I think I think I, there's a passion right now. Like I said, I think I I, I quoted it once in in a in an interview. There's gold in that garbage. 
And if yeah. we if we if we tackle the issues of that garbage, if we reclaim the stuff from the landfills, if we do what we need to do, not only are we going to create an economic uh, powerhouse industry, we're going to give jobs to people, green jobs. We're going to take care of our own society, and we're going to make yeah. a buck at it. And I think anybody who's listening to me right now, I need somebody with a truck, <laughs> whoever who wants to collect these things, and if and I'll pay you because at the end of the day, it's we are creating a. Believe it or not, we're a, a deposit type of industry, just like cans were. Mm-hmm. I think from now on, I think bring me your plastic and get paid. Yeah. And that's where the magic happens, right? If we think about how, I mean, the other day, I think I had foam that came out of a cardboard box from something that I had bought. And we put it in the recycling bin. And it was left in the recycling bin. They did not pick it up. And I was like, well, now what do we do with this? Because I don't want to throw it in the garbage. Um, but really, for, for most people, they don't really have any other choice or know of anywhere to really take it and what they can do with it. And I think the magic is really happening around taking a product repurse, repurposing it, recycling it, really making that circular economy, that circular supply chain, so that we can continue. We can still have new products, but they can be made from recyclable material. You know, I want to amplify what you said there, because you're totally right. And that is, Mm -hmm. I think that's where we need to be going. I think, you know, because this is a supply chain conversation, let's talk about it. I think supply chain needs to step up. And I'm not here to criticize. I'm actually here to build. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying from now on, when supply chain writes contracts, be it at the hospital level, college level, retail level, Keep your your weights taller and your recyclers honest. Tell them, look, I've got all this degree of garbage. I need you to step up and take it. Commit to doing that, and then you'll find people. Like I said, if there were more people out there who were willing to take care of the garbage as we are as we're doing today, we, I wouldn't be in business today. <laughs> right. But the the fact that I, I'm 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 challenging people out there every day. You want my business? You want money? Copy me, do exactly what I do, and we'll benefit the world. And when we benefit the world, then we're all winning, right? So yeah. like I said, yeah, you're absolutely right. We need to, we need to push this a little bit further. It's, it's not just, hey, man, you know, I've got the foam that came out. Like, I just recently bought a printer, <laughs> you know? I know yeah. exactly what you're talking about. And, I, and, I'm, mm-hmm. and I, I've put it, a, my wife doesn't like it, but I have it in a plastic bag here in front of me. And I said, I'll collect it. And then when I find it, somebody, I'll send it there. You know, like, yeah, it's never going to happen. It's going to end up probably in the garbage. <laughs> but we'll try our best to find the, and that's the good thing about TerraCycle. Like, and I'm not trying to give a free plug, but I, I am going to give kudos, salute. Like they've got like 25 different boxes. I didn't know that I could put my cat food packaging and my chip packaging in one of their boxes because they have a box for everything. So I think maybe they should have a box for foam. Well, I'll call Tom. We'll see what he says. Yes. Call Tom. Tell him we need a box for foam because that is one thing that uh, definitely they do not take in recycling bins. So who is your ideal client for Lifecycle Revive? I mean, we've talked about your three programs, so healthcare, manufacturing, and retail. Um, But do customers need to be a particular size, uh, for example, to see the most benefit? No. Um, I think we're, we are such a socialist system that I think it, it doesn't matter who you are, how big you are, how small you are. I think the mm-hmm. issue is that if you want to mail in your masks to me, I'll take them in the mail. If you want to put it in your own box and ship it to me, I'll take it. No problem. Like I said, it'll go through the yes. factor. I, at this point, it's a grassroots level. Save yourself the 75 bucks, put it in a box, put it in a label. Say this is for Andy. 
and we'll take care of it. Like I said, I think the key here is let's do right, you know, and let's do something. Yeah. And, and, and it, it's not about the money. It's about doing the action. Yeah. And it could be individuals or it could, it could be companies, right? Yeah. Which, which I love. So I'm really excited because now we're at the time in this conversation because everybody knows I love the case study question. So um, because Lifecycle Revive, I mean, it's not just about efficiency or cost savings, which is, of course, really great, but it's also about the positive impact you're having on the environment. So paint us a picture of how you've helped a customer and what was the impact? Um, because I love this kind of story. Let's paint a picture of what that can look like and how they can work with you. All right. So we've recently reached out to a hospital that mm -hmm. traditionally would just send everything to garbage. And we said, look, we can do X, Y, and Z, and this is what we need from you. Are you willing to be part of this? And rather than me thinking the negatives, it was just all positive. They, they opened the doors, they opened opportunities, they questioned, they asked, how do I solve this problem? Like they're, they're a small hospital here in Southwestern Ontario. Their loading dock is too small. Can you come every day? I said, if I have to come every day, I will. Can you make sure that it's there? Can you? And then, then they started talking to their hospital staff and then he got into the local news. And then it got into the regional news. And it's like, this hospital is being revolutionary. They're doing things. They're, they're taking care of the environment in a crazy time. And I said, that's what I love. If people take yeah. ownership of what we're doing, I don't need the fame and fortune. I don't. I want people to step up and say, I'm doing it because it's the right thing to do and empower yeah. other people. Look, you know, we, we talked about a, uh, a promotional campaign that we want to do. And unfortunately, again, I can't find a video animator to do it in time, but it's the adventures of Polly Propoli. And Polly is, is a, a young man in his 20s. He works in a hospital as an environmental services guy. And it's breaking his heart to see what's going on. And he comes across um, this hero called the Plastic Crusader. And the Plastic Crusader takes him on his, under his wing to teach him everything that he needs to know about recycling. But at the end of the day, there's this great, strong female lead who will, who will actually put everything into action. And Polly will move on like from like one of those, those um, spaghetti westerns where he'll just disappear into the night and go on to the next town. And, and it will lead that Polly will go into different territories or whatever it may be. So hmm. we're trying to get a public service message out there. Like, just like Smokey said, you know, don't play with matches and stuff. Well, here, right. here Polly's going to talk about it. Like, don't throw your masks in the garbage, you know, throw it in a bin throw it in a bag, throw it wherever it needs to be, right? I love that. So if there's an animator out there that wants to be part of this, making an impact with Andy, call give me. Andy a call. I think the other thing to note here is, you know, in April for Earth Day, a lot of companies get together and they go out and pick up garbage. And they may not be in manufacturing or healthcare or retail, but they're picking up garbage. And there's a lot of masks on the ground that we could have potentially saved by sending them to you rather than putting them in the landfills. And so if you think you have to be in just those uh, sectors, you definitely do not. Um, if you've got team building exercises, um, if you're sending out your team to collect, you know, the garbage on the ground, uh, think about how you can recycle some of the things that you're picking up. So what do you think the next few years are going to bring when it comes to the industry's approach to waste and sustainability? Are you seeing any new tech emerging? Are you seeing businesses taking their goals up a level? What are you seeing? 
So we're, uh, we're currently working with uh, the engineering team at Conestoga College to try to see how we can automate and perfect uh, a mass garburator type of thing for these masks. So if we can okay. do that, uh, I have already been receiving um, emails and phone calls from um, actually after your show as well um, from Australia, New Zealand. They are interested. Uh, they're very e-minded and they want to do it. Uh, Europe is actually leading the charge in different ways of doing things, and they're interested. So I think what's happened now is we are we are now transcending into the post-COVID situation, where people are now seeing, look, it's masks going to be part of our society for a while. Gowns are going to be, we really got to do something about it. Let's take the charge. Mm-hmm. So I see companies coming up with e-clauses for their contracts. I see supply chain uh, figuring out what to do. A lot. Look, Canada is leading right now. In, in the manufacturing of reusable masks. And that, mm-hmm. I think, is a, also an environmentally friendly way to go. Uh, not that yeah, I want to knock. It's cute. Yeah, it's cute. And, and it's like, it, there's different, like I just off, off the phone today with a guy who, who wanted to talk to me about how he's made a disposable filter for a reusable mask. I said, great. Is it made out of polypropylene? Yes, it is. I said, then you take my number and when those filters are done, you know, have your customer you know, put a prepaid envelope. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. so yeah. So I think the trend is that for the next few years, the, um, the world health organization has said that we are pretty much going to sustain PPEs until, you know, two, three years from now, and then it'll probably take a per off. Um, and I, I really hope so. I, I hope that we, we get smarter with the way we do things, but I think, mm-hmm. yes, you're absolutely right. Um, it's, uh, there is some movement, uh, just not, a, not as much as I would hope, but then again, mm-hmm. that's why I'm in business, right? And that's why we're doing this today, because we want to change that. We want to make an impact. So finally, then, tell us about the future. We've already talked about the possibilities and the different areas that you can go into. But really, what does that future hold for Lifecycle Revive? Lifecycle Revive will continue to be at the forefront of recycling waste and keeping stuff out of landfills. And when we're done with the PPEs and we're done with the medical waste, we're going to start tackling other nasties that are going to landfill. I think mm-hmm. the, the, the key here is that um, it's all about the landfill. Why, why do we send stuff there? Do we really need to send stuff there? A lot of public-minded stuff, we should be doing it recycling-wise. And recycling actually generates business. It generates economy. It, uh, it, it's the right thing to do. And if we're going ma- to make any of our targets, Paris Accord or any other target we have to start looking at look i was a I, I was a supporter of the green party for many many years and i'm not getting into a political conversation but i i really lost faith in the arguments because their argument was we got to hit our goal and that's all there is well no hit the goal but have a target have a project in mind yeah. and here is what we're trying to do we'll recycle here we'll save water we'll save on soil erosion we'll save on on, on stuff going to landfill that will pollute the the, the earth and we'll and we'll create industry, and we'll create a buck for somebody, and then that's what's gonna. And then the government will tax us, and the taxes will go to pay for healthcare. So you know, it's a win-win for everybody. Wow, talk about circular. Well, the conversations I've been having this past year around sustainability are really inspiring, and what I love are the innovations and ideas being driven out of a genuine commitment to doing better. I mean, businesses and consumers are really opening their eyes to the scope of the problem and starting to embrace change. And brands like Lifecycle Revive are vital in bringing practical solutions, education, and keeping these conversations going. So a big thank you to Andy. Andy, why don't you let everybody know how they can get in touch with you? 
Well, you can find me on Twitter and LinkedIn, Andy Streisfeld, all one word, or better yet, just tune, just go to the www.lifecyclerevive.ca. There is a contact page there where you can ask me any question. You know, you can you can contact me. You can tell me if you want to work with us or against us or for us or whatever it is. And at the same time, tune into these types of shows where I'm invited because I love to talk about this stuff and I love to share with everybody anything you and if you need me to uh, come and speak at a function please reach out to me um, like i said info at lifecyclerevive.ca come to the website take a look at the explainer videos you know reach out to sarah she'll find me yeah yes i will awesome well listen what you guys are doing is amazing i love the fact that you're taking ppe you're repurposing it you're being part of that circular economy that circular supply chain that we're hearing more and more about so thank you so much for coming on the show today andy thank you sarah it's been a pleasure this episode was produced in collaboration with border buddy the most innovative online customs platform out there and here is what graham the founder of border buddy has to say more and more companies are looking to expand their reach into global markets but most don't know where to start or don't have the time to figure it out border buddy sees the struggle and has found a way for you to integrate customs into your e-commerce site allowing you peace of mind when selling to customers in other countries your customers will know exactly how much the costs are to import their order from you to their door in real time. And just imagine what that will do for your business and your sales. Visit us and sign up for 10% off your first clearance at borderbuddy.com slash let's talk supply chain. If you'd like to hear more, we have plenty more podcasts for you featuring the best and brightest in the industry. Head over to letstalksupplychain.com forward slash podcast to check out the latest. We also have a category filter so that you can search out the company or maybe the solution to the challenge that you're having in supply chain. And remember to come back next week because it's our Woman in Supply Chain series and guess who I am featuring? That is Miss Susan Walsh. That's right. The classification guru will be here next week as a feature in our Woman in Supply Chain series. And I cannot wait to share that interview with you. If you enjoy our podcast, there's a few ways to support the show. You can follow us. Follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and Clubhouse. Plus, you can subscribe to us over on YouTube at Let's Talk Supply Chain or subscribe to our newsletter over at letstalksupplychain.com. Next, visit ships at shipz or z.com and sign up. We have a few really, really cool things for you. So we've got a marketplace where you can go in and find the right forwarder for you and for your shipment, or you can white label our solution and you can work better together with your freight forwarders or your shippers, whether you're a freight forwarder looking to work easier with your shippers or a shipper, an importer, an exporter looking to work way more efficiently and way easier with your freight forwarders, give us a call because we have that solution for you. You can also find some really cool merch and purchase our exclusive supply chain dictionary in our shop over at letstalksupplychain.com forward slash shop or we are giving away a free supply chain dictionary. So make sure to check out any of our posts and we will send you a link to be able to get that. And remember to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and you can be featured on an upcoming episode. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening. And remember, ship happens.